Welcome back to another episode of Bopcast. My name is Ryan Sullivan, also known as Sully Bop, and I interview outliers who are breaking the mold regardless of the status quo. This started as a personal mission for me four years ago, really had no idea where it was going, and now I'm glad to say it's a top 10% podcast in the world, and I'm extremely grateful for everybody listening and all of our guests who made that happen. Today on the show, I have my friend, AK40 Devin. Devin worked at a pizza parlor for seven years before his boss fired him for having COVID. It was at that time that he received a small loan from a coworker, which allowed him to buy his video production equipment and launch his video production company with zero experience. We jump into a lot of topics on the episode, but there are some extremely powerful takeaways from Devin's story, including the fact that most of his family didn't even graduate from high school, and now he's out here working with celebrities and name brands, shooting videos for them, and also getting paid to headline his own show. A lot to unpack here, and this is his second time on the podcast, so I hope you enjoy this episode. If you did enjoy it, please leave us a rating on whichever platform you're on, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave us an honest review of the show. That's good, bad, the ugly, anything you want to include in there, we're always looking to improve. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Bobcast, and let's get to the episode with AK-40 Devin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Bobcast. Today on the show, I have once again, for the second time, AK-40 Devin. How you doing, Yes, bro? sir. Dude, we just made the best fucking song in the world, man. And I hate to... I won't. We won't stay on this point too long because people aren't going to be able to hear the song. Honestly, I mean, I guess it depends. This is going to be out in like a month after this, but yeah, yeah. anyway, you're probably not going to be able to hear the song yet, so we won't go too far, but... Stains got a knife in my back Chaos that I love to make But I hate to adapt I don't need a fucking thing Cause I can't be attached I got so much on my mind God help me It was out of my comfort zone But Like meaningfully Like I wanted to go out of the comfort zone And you just brought this track And you were like Do you want to do rock? And I said yeah let's try It was just some rock shit Shout out to IOF He produced the beat And bro I don't even be making rock shits like that anyway But I came here, I have no idea, like, what I was doing, no lyrics written, and this motherfucker just started singing, and I was like, bro, you sound like Adele, and I just wrote these rap lyrics, and now we got a fucking song, it was crazy. I don't sound like Adele, like, in the way that Adele sounds, but I see what you're saying, right? I appreciate the compliment, though, I appreciate the compliment. Bro, it's like, um, when Spongebob, like, brought the band together, and, like, they made a jam, and, like, all the viewers were like, oh my god, like, that was that moment right now. I just got to the studio, and he was like, oh! And I was like, yo, you can fucking do that? He's like, I don't even fucking know I could do that. <laughs> to be honest, that is that is 100% what I said, and that's how I feel. I didn't... I, <laughs> I've harmonized on melodies before, but... I mean, I've done, like, a lot of, like, breath work and stuff like that, so, like, I can definitely, like... But not recently. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. But Man, That was the, just crazy. Dude, I... That's awesome. I'm, I gotta use that for... I gotta actually try to channel that and get better at it. That would be good. Bro, hell yeah. And speaking of that, bro, like, I'm not trying to just, like, I don't know. Um, what's his name? Fucking Naval Ravikant. He said on the Joe Rogan podcast, he's like, specialization is for insects. And when he said that, I was like, bro, I could be a fucking a director, a father, a fucking an artist. I could be a fucking painter. I could be a tattoo artist. I could be an astronaut, bro. 
There's no limit to the shit. And I think, though, that people who are like that, who are multi-passionate and multi-dimensional in the things that they do, I think they also have a standard that ends up being probably higher than most people, where... Because if you spend less time on something, if you spend more time on one thing, you're going to have to spend less time on something else. So even when you do something and spend less time, you know, maybe for you it's writing and recording videos, right? But you know that if you spent more time recording videos that week that you have to, you'll have less time for writing or your kid or whatever it is. So you have to have ways to still get better at those things without doing them like full time, you know? Exactly. And that's what... uh. When I quit my job and I just depended on myself for a living, giving yourself that opportunity for all that free time to kind of like find yourself and experiment, I think that's, man, like super important, bro. Nobody gives themselves that time. Like you just grow up, you go to school, then you go to college, then you get a job, and then you're fucking dead. But it's like, you never gave yourself like two years to just like experiment. Like, what the fuck do I want to do? Like, did you go to college or? Hell no. Did you, you, and high school, it, no. it wasn't a chance, right? That you were gonna, like, Dude, it wasn't a thought I went, that you were gonna I went go, to right? fucking high school. I went to summer school for gym, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was there at 7.30 a.m., Monday through Friday, with the principal, just fucking running around, dude. Were you, did you get in trouble in school? Uh, or did, were you just didn't care about school? I was, I, I'm the only one of my brothers to graduate high school. Oh, shit. So, so you, like, yeah. when I applied, like, I could be the best, but, like, I just didn't give a fuck, dude. And I was like, Well, Yo. what made you graduate high school, then? Going to summer school for gym. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have dropped out, right? No, it kind of was just, like, my little brother dropped off, uh, dropped out after me, but my older brother just dropped out. He's like, fuck this shit. And... I don't know. I was just like, bro, it's not that hard to finish. Like, maybe I'll need this degree... But everything that you're teaching me is ass, so, like... Well, I think a lot of us felt... I don't know. I guess everybody has different pressure, man. Like, it kind of opens your eyes to the fact... I don't know. I think, like, I could have never dropped out of high school. Like, there would not have been a way that I could have done that. Like, but I'm just thinking of my parents and, you know, myself. And I don't know, probably... I guess I never really thought about it. Like, I never tried to begin with, and I did good. Exactly. Just naturally, like, I guess. I'm not trying to, like flex and say I'm better or something I'm I just really didn't try that hard so what I did was I tried really hard and I did really good so then I just tried less and I did just good so I'm like oh this is great so I just floated that's exactly what I did bro I mean in my history class bro I skipped like a hundred like ten times bro (laughs) I mean bro I mean respectfully I know other parents are gonna scrutinize me for this but like Dude, if my son graduates or not, like, I don't give a fuck. I mean, like, yeah, I want him to graduate, but, like, you're teaching him fucking nonsense. So, like, by him not graduating, like, you you box him in as, like, a fucking loser. It's like, no, fuck you, because I'm going to make more money than my teachers, and I'm going to pass them. And they're coming, to, they're coming to work all fucking hungover and not giving a fuck, not caring. Like, shout out to the teachers that, like, care, that are hands-on. Because I can name a few. I know you can name a few. But the bad teachers that don't give a fuck, that just can't wait to get paid and go home, fuck them, man. Teaching the kids shit. No passion. That was harsh, but fuck it. I mean, it's true, yo. No, it's just happening. That's all. It's not harsh. It's just reality. It's a job. The reality is that there's teachers that are doing this job and they don't care. But the problem with that is they should be in a different job because they would make way more money. 
Exactly. Yeah. So like, you're it's literally a responsibility doing to something. be a leader. You're building yeah. my son's character as you're fucking leading him through the years. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my girlfriend is a uh, kindergarten teacher, and she is in a really difficult school, and it's like a whole situation, and like. She's like she gets paid okay, but like probably definitely not enough for like the level of difficulty that these kid that the kids are, and it's just everything. Did I talk about this on another podcast? Yes, um, a little bit. Yeah. So the system, because I yeah I remember saying this. The system is so the system was already broken, and then COVID came in and just destroyed an already broken system. So it took a system that was falling apart and hanging out by a thread, and they just completely cut that just cut that thread that's all it did and then everything you know went to shit so yeah i just feel like that's kind of what happened and the thing it's kind of, the system's probably not even set up for great to make great teachers well, exactly. well it's not set up to make great students either because then there'd be like classes on entrepreneurship and shit like that like that is like the new thing bro you could like what's the most random thing you could fucking surf and get paid you my could guy fucking... Chaz, my guy shout out to cody Chaz. he has a channel where he just does asmr like he just eats mcdonald's and records it and yeah. has a thousand subscribers bro <laughs> yep. Make, making more money than all of our parents and like he's just eating McDonald's yeah I mean listen I don't know how much money he's making but he's getting there for sure but That's but fine. for sure there's people that do that that do make a lot of money and have sponsors imagine you eat food your you, your opportunities for sponsors is all food exactly it's killer that's a great business model but yeah but this is the thing Devin nobody they don't teach you about jobs in school what jobs do they tell you about? They're not going to tell you about entrepreneurship because that's a job. So they don't talk to you about jobs. They just they just have you – they just say, here's what you need to know. Memorize it and make sure you know it. It's that's just true. memorization. It's not knowledge. <laughs> cut that See, good thing I'm doing it. I, I get mad if somebody else does it. It's not memorization. It's – or it's memorization. It's not knowledge. It's not knowing and it's not experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So you sc- – you know, go through to summer school for gym. Yes, sir. Shout out, Doctor. But Gale, you yeah. read books now. Like you're in. You know, you're thinking. Grow like Bob Proctor. We're talking about all this. What you had to know that education was a piece. But you, when did you like have to? When did you start trying to educate yourself? So one of my friends, Justin Price, he has a um, clothing company called Yacob Clothing Company, and we actually started it together in high school. And uh, he was in my second grade class, so he's like an OG and like a real friend of mine. And honestly, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't even be here right now because I remember in 12th grade, like, I was a fucking goon, bro. Like, I like to pride myself on being a good guy, noble guy right now, honest guy. But, bro, I was a goon, bro. I was throwing rocks at cars, fucking cursing out teachers, like, just all this fucked up shit. Like, I was like a skateboard punk kid, so. But he was, like, the first person to, like, tell me, like, bro, like, you're hanging out with the wrong people. You're spending all this money on weed, sparking up people that don't fucking like you, don't care. Here's a fucking book. Read this shit. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to this guy. It was the people that I was around because we started okay. the clothing company together. And then it didn't work out because I wanted to just be a rapper and shit like that. But just being around him and like he's always reading books and shit. He's telling me what he's reading. And I'm trying to think what book he gave me. But just no, shout out to Justin Price. That I don't remember like most of the books that... Like, I, I just, you feel like, I feel like you oh, just I know, take I lessons. Know. You I, know, I know what it is. Yeah, he gave me a book called Assholeology. And that book is amazing because I was such a nice fucking guy. And anybody who's on this podcast who's, like, too nice, read the book Assholeology because, like, 
it's perfectly acceptable to be an asshole, but like you don't want to be a scumbag. And the asshole always wins. That's interesting. Huh? Assholeology. Yo, shout out to Justin Price for giving me that book. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think that's something that's the opposite to something I brought up in Julian's podcast, which is vanillaism. Meaning, you know how companies are just vanilla? Like, they don't say anything, right? Like, they don't have opinions, right? Or people, yeah, yeah, just a company. Just a company or people online who don't have, like, my boss is going to see my Twitter. And, <laughs> you know? And that's vanillaism. That means you're scared of somebody else taking... I even talked to a guy today. Now, this is not the situation with this guy. He can really post whatever he wants. But he made a meme video about the Will Smith thing. And I know people listening, it, this was a month ago now or whatever. But... He made a video about it. It was good. Like, it was a marketing. It was like a meme from marketers, dude. Like, nobody would have understood this unless you were a marketer. And he ended up taking it down because what people were saying, and he probably didn't want his company to, like, people to see people saying things about comments that he knew didn't look good on the videos, and then his company would go see it. For me, I don't have that. It's great. I canceled myself on, like, episode every other episode of this podcast. So I'm already good. But I accepted that. I accepted the fact that I will say whatever I want and I'll just tell you how I feel. I'm going to censor what I say so I don't sound like a complete idiot talking on a microphone. But I will just say my opinion. So I feel like that's the the assholeology and the vanillaism, meaning like my company's going to look at my Twitter and then I can be an unapologetic asshole as long as I'm not hurting anybody's feelings or getting in anybody's way or abusing it. There's a middle ground that you could have of both those things that I think is like, you know, you can meet yourself in the middle somewhere. I struggle with that, bro. Vanillaism. Like, I never heard of that, but like, I struggle with it because... I made that up, dude. I know. You made that up? Yeah, I made that up. But like... Hopefully. I mean, I said it, and (laughs) Julian, he's pretty well-read. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he he would have known. I never heard that before. So like, on one end of the spectrum... I'm like a rapper who doesn't give a fuck, who expresses this dark shit. Like, yo, everybody goes through shit, no matter who the fuck you are. So I'm no different than you by writing it down and making a song on it. But then I got, like, people that I work with on, like, a corporate level. And if I post this shit, they might be like, yo, like, this guy we're doing video with is, like, crazy or some shit. What the fuck is he talking about? But in reality, it's like, bro, you're having these same thoughts. You're going through the same things. I deal with that shit because there's, like, two of me. There's, like, a... There's like a fucking, like a Peter Parker and then a fucking Spider-Man who's kicking ass and killing shit. I put a video in one of my podcasts, my company podcast that we have. And it was Tom, I don't know if you know who Tom Segura is. He's, yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. He, it was a video of him. So the vi- purpose of the video was an ad, was ad reads in podcasts and how like some people do them creatively. And he said, he was talking about Netflix and how you can, uh, if you have a VPN, you can watch unrated Netflix because and then you can see a video of a granddaughter pissing in his in her grandfather's farm and i just threw that in the video dude. i just like <laughs> didn't care <laughs> like i just put that in this company video but it's my company i i like i don't i think this is funny if you don't like go somewhere else like don't complain yeah, about that's it that's true you know but i don't know that's me i don't complain about people's videos because like they put something in there i don't like well, that's why at the Mad Mind Takeover, when I was telling you, like, I was nervous, bro. And I've done Apollo Theater, but, like, I don't know if it's because, like, now I just work with certain people or just because I kind of, like, ventured off into, like, the video world and I'm coming back into the music world. But, like, or maybe it's just that I'm just saying, like, dark, deep shit 
But like, I'm like, yo, these motherfuckers are gonna judge me for what I'm saying right now. Like, whether it's good, whether it's bad, like, for the first time, I kind of experienced, like, that fear of, like, because, like, I have, like, this whole base of people, bro. I work with rappers, I work with singers, I work with this guy, I work with that guy, like, a whole bunch of different people. So now I'm like, yeah. Why, though, do you think? Why? Why well, did that come? Yeah, if it didn't come before at the fucking Apollo Because theater. I didn't have, like, a, uh, like, a business to run. Like, I didn't, like... Like I said, like, I'm working with, like, corporate people sometimes and shit like that. So, like, I'm shaking their hands. And, like, I have to represent, like, a mature, adult, responsible, kind, like, figure. Oh, so you weren't nervous for performing. You were saying you now realize the gravity of the situation based on what you're saying that people could look at what you're saying. Hell yeah. And judge you on that. And that would affect your job. Exactly. Because videography is my living. And then I do music on the side. Me too. By me being myself on music could take away people doing video business with me just because of my lyrics or just because of I'm fucking on stage headbanging, going crazy, doing this, doing that. Like People are sensitive and shit like but that. But people will hire you because of that too. Yeah, so that's why on this next album that I'm working on, bro, like I don't give a fuck, dude, what you think. Like I'm going to tell my truth. This is my narrative. If I hurt people's feelings or... Whatever, man, like, this is my life, my reality, my experience, so who the fuck are you to, like, judge me or, like, say that it's not right or it's not fairyland or, like, a fucking fairy tale, anything like that? Like, no, it's not supposed to be. There's, I'm, it, I'm an yeah. entertainer, so, like, I gotta give you a show. I don't wanna just be like, hey, guys, I'm this guy, I'm successful, I'm perfect, look at me. Like, no, I'm gonna tell you about my life and the bad shit, and then I listen to music all the time when, like, I wanna escape from having a bad day. So, like, that's why I make music and shit like that. We didn't make, like, the most happy song right now, but it came of a place of, like, whatever place it came from. It just came. Yeah, I think I don't look into it anymore. I just wrote those lyrics down and ha- had no idea what the your whole thing was about. Like, I didn't know what your idea was. I didn't know about the album. I just wrote down some ideas that just came to me from what I thought what felt cool exactly and then turns out you gave me your idea and i go boop yep fits right into my idea huh my man singing killing it (laughs) just like but it just happened we didn't even have to discuss it you know exactly so people have to understand that that happens it's like don't i i don't even know oh what you know i love when they ask like certain musicians that and they're like i don't know why do you have to why does it have to have a meeting just like certain things that don't yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I have fucking stupid tattoos. Like, they don't mean shit, bro. Like, some old lady come up to me, what does that mean? I'm like, yo, it's a fucking snake eating a spider. What the fuck do you think it means? <laughs> like, I like Dude, that's sti- a metaphor for life, though. I have people just think everything has more meaning than... It. I think that's human nature. Yeah, I mean, fuck it, man. I just made a song, bro. Like, the fuck? And, bro... I'm not sad all the time, bro. People meet me. I'm fucking optimistic. I'm fucking positive and shit. But, like, when I make music, I'm, like, who the fuck wants to hear a fucking positive song? Like, no one wants to fucking hear that shit. So, like, I'm going to take you into my world that's not so fucking bright and amazing because everything that glitters isn't gold. And I kind of realize that now because now in my life I could have, like, a high up here. But then, like, you never know, like, if someone's experiencing a high, like, what they're actually going through, like, simultaneously with that. No. Yeah. Oh, it's a yeah. big thing. I mean, I don't know. Like, there's. I I just I just think that art doesn't have to have an explanation a lot of times. You know, That's I feel true. Like everybody's just trying to put their spin on what it is, but it it's like it comes back to how something is. 
period. A song is. It just exists. It's a song. Like, it just, it's music, it's audio, and it's just existing. Like, it's okay. It can just be that. Like, it can be a beat, lyrics, there's drums, sure, it's like complex. But just let it be. Like I said, bro, don't overthink it, bro. And being able to get back to music because, like, just like a lot of things, like overthinking and overcomplicating, bro. But, like, I told him, like, bro, like, that all, because I was there, bro. That's why I haven't released music from, like, 2020 until now. Because, like, I don't know if you feel this way, but, like, past projects that we made, we feel like we can't top those. But, like, you got to get rid of that fucking critic in your head because, like, who the, like, who the fuck is that? And what, what the fuck is that, bro? Like, stop critiquing yourself because just put the shit out. Just like you said, it just is. Like, if I just write a song or I, whatever, that moment, that experience, that feeling will never come again. And, like, you just got to put it out and people are going to live with it. Like, people are, people are experiencing that same shit, man. All the time, bro. They could show up to job in a suit, in a tie, with a smile, bro. But then they go home, bro, and they're miserable, man. Happens all the time. We have to accept the fact that we don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, what you think about your song is not what somebody else is supposed to think about it. Exactly. So somebody yeah, else exactly. is supposed to have a completely different perspective or no perspective. Oh, I don't like it. Great. Thank God. Like, you have a perspective that's not mine about this song. Because it's separating yourself. But what I said to Sai, too is and if i make a clip about it, this i'll throw it up um what he said what and i said dude the only thing we have control over is if we release a song if you want to make this simple you go i release i didn't release that's it exactly Just, that's it because that's the only thing or i did a show or i didn't do a show like make things binary and then they become very simple, you know, when That's it comes right, to that. Man. And That's it's good because we're the people who make the music. So we overcomplicate it because we're the people who made it. So don't treat it like somebody. Because, like, what I like to think about, too, and by the way, I'm not perfect. Like, this happens to me. This happened to me for two years. Like you said, like, did I experience it? Yeah, dude, I dropped Everyone one song. Goes through it. I dropped one song, and then I, I realized, oh, my God, I only dropped one song. This is crazy. I did it certain performances, but... It kind of like the time went by and I realized I didn't do it, you know, and then I had to reprioritize and go, do I really want this? You know, so, but yeah, I think that we, it's hard to get out of our own way, you know, just it, how do you look at your music objectively? It's hard, but then you get somebody like Currency who's made 40 albums who just says, I never listen to any of my songs. I'm not yeah, a fan of crazy, me. That's crazy, bro. I listen to all my shit, bro. I'm my biggest fan, man. Could be a waste of time. I don't know. Could be. But yeah, I, but I like my shit. That's what I'm saying. I fuck with my music. Like I really bump it in a whip. Like I, this is the music I want to hear. Mm -hmm. Is the yeah, music exactly, I make? Bro. I so. do the same thing, bro. And like for every artist and creative out there, it doesn't matter if you're a painter, a musician, or whatever. Like get past that spot because like you don't need those those negative thoughts. Literally serve you no purpose, no purpose at all. And like you have to get rid of that critic in your head that's saying like this is whack or this is bad bro just make shit and put it out because if you put it out you never know what the fuck could happen like you could hate it but the fucking world could love it and then you're a superstar and then what true and all like, you and what you, what did you do you put it out exactly you yeah. didn't care and just finish the shit man yeah. I just finished the shit yeah. yeah well that's the hardest thing for an artist to do is finish something hard to do for exactly, people exactly bro and um I don't know if this goes like off track, but like shout out to Casey, like my biggest fan. She's in Rhode Island. I'm headlining a show April 29th at Feet Music Hall. I think it's in Providence, Rhode Island. 
But uh, me and Sully were just talking about this before, and it's like, bro, music's never been... I mean, it has been, but, like, not now, but it's like... I have 10 fucking monthly listeners on Spotify, right? But, like, I have fans who have, like, tattoos and fans that are, like, bringing me out to, like, Rhode Island to, like, headline my first show ever, and... The views and all that shit, it doesn't matter, man. What matters is, like, while you're alive, while you're breathing, like, connect with the people, make an impact. Like, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm sitting down on this chair right now. Because I want any person who comes on this podcast, I want them to know, accept the responsibility that when you're talking to these people, like, you have the power to, like, impact their world and, like, make a change in their fucking life. And don't underestimate that, man. You made me realize that. Let's go. You, but Wait, why you, would I do? You made me realize that in-person shit is everything, actually. Yeah, bro, fuck the internet shit. Dude, and it's, sure, balance, whatever, let's, sure, balance. But if you have a million plays, that does not mean you can do a banging performance. Hell no. Mo- with most people, everybody I know who has a million plays, who I know personally, can do a great performance. Most people can. They're at that level. But it doesn't guarantee. It doesn't mean anything for that. They're two separate things. One is marketing. The other is performance. Two different crafts. So mm-hmm. you're so good at performing, dude. Like, thanks, bro. I've been through it, bro. I but you, so- like, I can tell you've done so many gigs, man. Like, cause yeah, that's me. I didn't skip yeah. a step, bro. Like, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, bro. No, but no. like, I didn't skip a fucking step, bro. And a lot of these artists, bro, like, they don't do it like me. And there's no fucking blueprint on how to do this. But like. I'm like maybe I'd be farther if I did more of the content shit but like since the beginning of my music journey bro I just been doing fucking show after show and like being in front of people bro and just connecting with people and that's how you get real fucking fans bro and like we we, 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 we were speaking about this earlier like Machine Gun Kelly right but like the first time I seen that dude was 2011 2012 in Warp Tour and I didn't even go there for him I went there to see like Amir and Chelsea Grant and A Day to Remember but like when you give off a killer performance and you watch somebody it's like yo this dude might fucking be a legend one day and like i gotta fucking be a fan right now like performers just give that energy that you can't get on the internet or anything like that yeah man. yeah i feel like i feel that about any not any but yeah similar situations like other play other people that i've seen that i wasn't there to see them and then they just kill, dude. Hell yeah. You're like, oh. So, this is the thing. The internet is deniable. You can deny people on the internet. You can be like, that's not good. Exactly. But you're kind of judging them on just what you're seeing. But a performance, that's undeniable. Because it doesn't really matter the type of music. If you're, Exactly. If you just like the vibe and you really like the energy and you... Sure, if you like, you can like the music too. But yeah, man, performance, undeniable in that sense like the internet's so much easier to keep going but a performance you can't leave yeah, exactly you i mean watch. you can you can walk away but like i kind of i've been doing this for so long bro like you could watch my first performances bro my first performance ever i don't want to sound like arrogant or ever but like my first performance ever bro i signed an autograph bro i think that was the first time besides like performing at the apollo that was like the first time i ever signed an autograph and shit my first performance was in atlantic city in Stockton University's Atlantic City campus and it was a rap it was a hip hop show and um you know I was me and I was there and I got up and I did my song and dude I had ladies in the crowd just like uh huh okay like and I was dude that made me 
whole different look yeah, on, it gives on you life. The confidence that you whole need, different right? look on life at that moment. I go, oh my god, these people like resonated with what I said, and I felt like I never, I might have topped that performance once. I feel like first performance ever, dude. I That's feel crazy. you. Where's the energy, bro? Yes. But like, shout it, like, listen, man. Any artist, bro? Like, listen, like someone like told Sully Bob like at his first performance, like that was fire. Like when you're an artist, like you hold a responsibility and like be that OG to the younger generation. Stop judging their music and be like, yo, um, I'm talking too loud, my bad. But like, stop judging their music and thinking like, this is whack or this is whatever. Like, yo, give them their credit. Be like, yo, that was amazing, bro. Keep it up because if you tell them the opposite, like they might quit. But if you tell them that was amazing, like they're gonna keep going and be like, yo, like I look up to this guy, Devin. I look up to Sully and like his opinions validated. And I'm gonna keep going with this. Mm. No, great advice, great advice. Or and also, hey, if you say something like, hey, dude, like I think like you could do a little work on the hook, but I love the song. Exactly. Or I think yeah. you can work on your singing a little bit more. Or something like that. People, if you have honest criticism for somebody, that's like. That's you can't buy that, dude. That's exactly, invaluable. Yeah. If somebody was to come up to you and be like, "All right, Dev, listen, this song," and just analyze all your shit, that would be amazing because you would actually, it's, you know, it's a blessing and a curse though. Because no, you wouldn't have to listen to all of it. But some people yeah. should just listen to it with the open mind. But it sucks like now with the internet and YouTube reactors. Like everyone's listening is like a fucking, a fucking a critic. It's like I don't like this guitar. I don't like this hi hat. His vocals too loud. Yeah, this this album is a zero out of ten. It's like, bro, if you listen with the open mind, like you could actually be like, yo, like this shit is amazing. Do you ever like, submit your songs for those things when they read them on live? No. Like rap chat. Yo, hell shout no. out to rap chat though. They're doing their thing. But like, I I was watching a rap chat the other day and I don't know if you've, I don't know how popular this, I don't know if it's a big page or whatever. I don't really know. It just came up on my YouTube and they were reviewing songs. There was one out of like five that was pretty good. I watched it for like 20 minutes. But I'm like, that's another game, dude. I'm, but yeah, I, yeah. I'm thinking I'm this not, random guy, that. and no no disrespect to that guy, he seemed like he knew what he was doing, but I'm like, I don't need a random guy to, I'm like, I'm good, I'll just, I, I have to go perform this, you know? Dude, it's funny that you brought that up, because like, I was thinking like, people will pay for that review, and then not hear what they want, and then just fucking quit. <laughs> and it's like, you just paid for your own demise, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, even if, like, Eminem is like, yo, like, your rap is trash. It's like, so? Like, who gives a fuck? Like, keep going. But these people quit because people tell them their opinion. Do you know Annoyed? He was at the Chris Webby show. my guy, yo. Shout out Annoyed. I walked past Annoyed and didn't even know it was him. But I knew it was him. But I was just, like, I, I just couldn't put it together like I, it took me five minutes to realize it was him and because i love love this stuff man for years he's underrated yeah. so underrated and he has bars and he has the voice and he has it all shout out to connecticut man like i'm you know hey i represent jersey but shout out to connecticut because you guys made annoyed he's dope Hell yeah um but yeah he was one day i tweeted out of my song and he said not really a fan of the beat but keep going bro i like it Oh, that's fire, man! Perfect. Hit me with a little thing. Oh, I didn't like this as much, but I but keep going. Like, yeah, that's the type of advice. So you tweeted like your song to him, mm -hmm. and oh, he. But was, that's different, though. That's different yeah. than the review shit because then you're paying. Oh no! Yeah, this wasn't. But like, yeah, if you I get genuine never, advice like that, that's actually, amazing. But I get it. It's a marketing thing. Like yeah, I've had yeah, my boy, is. my boy Tom, submit his beats for to Kenny Beats, and him get on the on Kenny Beats. Um, you know stream and he's like yeah i got x amount of plays from that so you're kind of just paying for plays a little no, bit that's but true like, i didn't think of it but like that. that's great marketing because there's so many people on the stream 
that you know yeah, yeah, no, you're gonna get a lot of I, people to listen to your shit yeah 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 no, i never thought of it like that but imagine so. if you did that if you did like instagram comment marketing and then you did like instagram reels and then you did tiktok and then you did submissions and you looked up all the submissions like you could get this whole thing like full-time job of just marketing your music that way well so what do you think about this album man like what was the you know you you kind of so glad that you brought that up because i feel like we're just going off topic but some it's, it's a podcast man um the album, the concept is called, well, the album right now is called Revenge, but, like, the concept is all just, like, kind of double entendre, how, like, someone like me who, like, channels negativity into positivity, I'm, like, success is the best revenge, so instead of, like, being spiteful or resentful or sabotaging people, I'm just gonna, like, take that energy, like, I hate you, I don't like you, or you did that, you've been disloyal to me, I'm gonna take that, and I'm just gonna create with it and succeed with it. But at the same time, like when you do that, people in your corner in your life, like they try to get revenge by like being spiteful, by sabotaging, by being negative. So the whole concept is kind of just like this whole journey that I've been through of kind of succeeding now. And like people can see it in like the uh, physical world and like the Instagram world and shit like that. But that changes up everybody around you. So I just kind of wanted to just I wrote this first song, it's called Legacy Part 2, and that kind of started the whole album, but it was just like when everything for me is just like changing and evolving, and I went through like a lot of pain and like a lot of disloyalty and shit like that, and a lot of people, when they go through experiences like me, like I'm a single dad, I only see my son like two, three days out of the week, a lot of people, they get defeated by that for the rest of their lives, like they're just like living like depressed and they live with neglect and regret and things like that but that that is what kind of like evolved me into like the person and the mindset that I have today and um now when I change and when I evolve and like when I read these books and like people are seeing me changing like they're like oh like Devin's like arrogant or like he's full of himself or he's that or he's that and I'm like you could say so, but like I don't see it, man. I'm just over here. I don't treat no one less than me. I don't put anybody above me. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care if you're a celebrity. But like, it's weird how people's perceptions of me are changing when I'm just like changing my perception on the world. So like, that's like the whole concept. Yeah, it's not personal for you, but it's people will take it personally. Dude, people fuck me over, dude, and I forgive them the next day, dude. It's like I don't give a fuck what you did, bro. You know what I'm saying? Well, and that's, I mean, that's kind of like a little bit of a skill, I feel like, a little bit. It's a skill, but like, Bob, Pro shout out to Bob Proctor, man. Anyone on this podcast is check out Bob Proctor. He'll do change you, your life. Can, do you know anything, like, that he did? Like, I don't know him. Part, so, like, Bob Proctor, he's basically, like, he has an amazing story. He was just like a bum and bozo, like, 18, didn't even graduate high school. And this rich guy just said to him, he's like, yo, like, why don't you change your results? And Bob Proctor at the time was like, I didn't know I fucking could change your results. And he's like, if you change your paradigm and your vibration and all this shit, you could change all your results. So he gave him a book called Think You Grow Rich. And he just started reading that book every single day. And until the day he died, like he swears that he read the book every single day, even if it was just five, ten minutes. And I got into Bob Proctor like probably two years ago. But then this year he really came back into my life because I realized that I was in a dark space and I needed like change and I needed that knowledge and awareness. But uh, Bob Proctor, after he got successful, he made like, I don't know, like 100000 his first year after like his whole life making like 5000 a year just by like changing his paradigm and his vibration and his habits and all those things. But after succeeding, 
he probably like 30 years old he wanted to go meet this guy i think his name is earl nightingale he is like an amazing like self-help thing called the the greatest secret i think it's like just some shit it's like think and grow rich in a nutshell but like audio everyone here should check it out so then bob proctor just wanted to study for the rest of his life why that knowledge and that book worked so from like 30 to 80 he just studied like the law of vibration and shit like that the law of vibration is just basically like albert einstein said that if you match the frequency of something that you want to be on if you match that frequency and that vibration the only result is getting like those results like everything is about vibration and frequency so bob proctor just talks a lot about like paradigms and shit like that a paradigm is like a pattern or a habit and you have to change your paradigms and you're like you have to be aware like we all go through the day all the time without even being like aware or present and that's something that he helped me out with because even the thoughts going back to like talking about the negative and positive thoughts the negative thoughts don't serve you any purpose like we're just programmed to like let them slide and let them be there but you can kind of start capturing them like start studying your thoughts all the time and listening like i don't have to have that thought like let me get rid of that and just replace it with a positive one the only way to change a paradigm is to program it with the opposite. So that's something that I've been aware of lately. Shout out to Bob Proctor. He dedicated his whole life to the law of vibration, law of attraction, all that shit. So do you think when you combine it with work and then that's that's when it works, right? Or Yeah, I mean... Because you can't I, just do... You can't just manifest and that's it. Like you have to do the work too. Yeah, so obviously, just going back to that, it's like, it's all about, like, your frequency. Like, how are you operating? Yeah, but what, so, see, like, the problem, if, the only problem I have is that, what does that mean? What does that mean? Like, it you means, know that like, doesn't mean anything to most people, right? Yeah, so it's hard to, like, tap into and, like, understand. Because I know like, what you're saying, but could I, do I even know it's real? No. Do, yeah, I, well, do exactly, I believe it? Yeah, but I don't fucking know, and I exactly, can't really explain they, it to they somebody. They have to be teaching this shit in school, yeah, because it's real. But it's, I'm saying. It's physics. It, but, like, well, all right. it's like. It's like turning the radio station, right? Like, you can't hear Hot 97.1 until you turn the radio to Hot 97.1. So you can't be successful, you can't be a millionaire until you turn that switch inside of you and you change all the decisions that you make and all your thoughts to that. And then you only operate at that frequency and then you get whatever the fuck you want and that's it. It's literally that simple. Well, what about people who went from nothing and who are rich and they're like, no, that just isn't true. But they did it without being aware of it. And, like, I was on Rob Dyrdek's podcast, but, like, when I wrote down my goals and I was, like, by December 2022, I'm going to have $200,000. It's going to come to me in various forms. And you read that shit to yourself every day. Like, shit just changes. And I, if anyone on this podcast is listening, like, y'all, fuck this guy. He's talking shit. Like, just try it. Just write down your goals because writing down your goals and telling it to yourself in the morning and the night, you're just going to change your frequency and your vibration and then you're gonna fucking succeed it's no time for bullshit and none of that negativity get that out of your fucking mind i know there's something to it because it's i manifested my girlfriend actually it so was cool I, bro my yeah. son's mom shout out my son's mom yeah man just wrote down i wrote down so okay so i never really had a girlfriend or like a long-term girlfriend or one that i really cared about deeply and that's what i wanted or that's what i thought i wanted whatever either way so what I did was I was reading Think and Grow Rich, and I every day I was writing my letter to money. You know, I wanted this much money, and I was going to manifest it or, you know, just do both. You know, I was going to manifest it and then go and do the work. But at least with a relationship, I was like, yo, I got to make this happen, you know, because this is not 
happening for me, you know? Yeah, yeah, because exactly. I felt like everybody that I met, I was like, I just, everybody was, there was something missing from everybody. And I didn't meet the person that I really clicked with, I felt like. So that's what I wanted. So I was like, yeah, I want somebody I click with. They have to like, they'll probably look like this. They'll probably be little, like I wrote down eight things, maybe what I thought that they would be. And yeah, months later, man, just was working at Wawa. My boss was buying us breakfast and there was just a random girl there. Didn't know who she was. Introduced myself. That was it. A year later, we were dating. Two years later after that, we're dating for two years. So it's just crazy man but well that's why it's like the crazy thing of like people could say that it doesn't work even though it's working for them and they just don't believe in this shit and it's fine but like the second that you change your frequency that you operate on like if you're operating like a loser and just smoking weed all the time like you're gonna attract like a certain type of crowd energy and people but if you change that and you wake up and you're like yo i'm gonna start a business i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that like just your shift in energy is it's just common sense. Like, it's just going to attract new people. And the people that are just smoking weed, doing nothing all day, they're going to lose interest in you because they want to be around people that are all, like, sharing that energy. But it's physics, yo. Like, everything is energy, and that's anything there is to it. Shout out to Albert Einstein for saying that quote. But shout out to Al, yo. Al Einstein. Not Al Chemist, bro. Al Einstein, Hell no. bro. Al Einstein. Yeah. That, no, man. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about that. But it's like, really, though, like, really, though, like, do you really think that, like, someone successful or rich is, like, any different than you? Like, no. They're literally the same human being with the same blood and the same organs and the same brain. They just operate differently. Well, I th what I think it is, I think people underestimate this too much, which is mostly hard work gets you to the point where, so hard work creates options. Options creates opportunities and those opportunities you can make you can decide what you want to do with them so people don't really like freedom's great but i think people really want options because like because sure everybody wants a million dollars or whatever that number is but they also aren't going to sit around and do nothing all day even if they think they are if you think you're going to get a bunch of money and then sit around all day you're not going to do that forever exactly sure yeah, if you're yeah. at the end of your life and you're content sure maybe but if you're 20 years old, probably not. Like, you're going to want to do something else. So I think that there's the kind of this illusion. I mean, there's a massive illusion of, like, rich people. That's a massive illusion that people have. Um, but really what it is is you have, when you get make money, have you know, have, own assets, all these things, and you're, quote, unquote, successful, those people, all they did differently, for the most part, was they probably worked smarter they probably had a lot of high value skills. They probably had more leverage and then they made different decisions. So like, it's pretty simple, really. It's just the, like the differences are simple. The difference is they made different decisions than you. You took this job, they went, maybe we're homeless. Maybe they worked five jobs. You know, maybe they, they just made different decisions. That's all. Exactly. And it comes down to like, are you aware? Because like we said earlier, like, Every person who's listening and on this podcast in this room can do way better than what they're doing. That's not that's not opinion, that's a fact. So it's like the only way to tell about like your paradigm and like 
everything is like your results. Are you getting the results that you want? No. So you got to fucking change a lot of shit about yourself until you get the results that you want. But you got to wake up first. I think that's wake the thing. The fuck up. Yeah, man. I think a lot of people are sleeping, kind of going. If you're listening to this podcast, that's not you, I think, because just I feel like you probably have a level of self awareness that you've developed at this point. But I think a lot of people are, because, and I'll end that point with saying if you're listening to a long-form conversation you have to listen for an extended period of time and really get into the conversation to really understand like what we're talking about so if you're doing that you probably have a higher mental capacity and a pretty good listening skill so you're probably already in in the realm of having a higher self-awareness exactly but i think that people mostly are asleep and there's a great book that i've mentioned here before called awareness by anthony DeMello, and he opens it with most people are asleep. Most people go through life asleep. And that's what you're talking about and alluding to the beginning of the conversation of, you know, you'd work your job, you get your 401k, your pension, you cash out, you're 65, you cruise till the end. It's not appealing exactly. to me, but that's appealing to certain people, and that's fine. But I think there's people that it's not appealing to, but then they're like, but I can't change it. I'm scared. Exactly, and that's how they're operating, though. Like, they don't think of anything more or less. They just want to go to but job, then there's get people a paycheck, who like, but that's fine, yeah. too. Like, that's, and there's people who like their jobs. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Right? Cool. That's perfect. That's what we're talking about. We need that you got to get to we a point you. where you actually enjoy what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the OG. Exactly. That should be the goal. While I'm living and while I'm breathing, like, bro, I want to make a fucking change on this earth, bro. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to just fucking live 99, then I die, and it's like, I didn't impact no one's heart or no one's soul. I didn't inspire anybody. Like, when I die, bro, like, I want the whole entire fucking earth, like, people in all fucking countries to be like, yo, like, this motherfucker inspired me. He gave me knowledge. He wanted me to aspire to be something great, like... That's what I want to do, man. That's how I operate. But you live it, though. Like, you're come up. You could have done nothing. You could have done none of this. Hell yeah, but what, like, what else am I going to do? Yeah, I'm, I didn't go to college. I fucking went to summer school for fucking gym. Like, what else was I to do except to be like, yo, like, let's just try and experiment and see if this shit fucking works. You did it, though. And like, if I fail, I'll fucking at 30, I'll get a job and I'll be a janitor and a garbage man. My dad will be happy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can always fall back on that one, Devin. Well, it's a Gary Vee shit, too. Gary Vee's always like, you could always get a job at 40. And he's like, he's fucking right, yo. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm down to go. I'll go, dude. People are scared of going broke, but they're already broke. Exactly, yo. They've been check to check just because you get money every week, but have no money by the end of the week. That's still mean that you're fucking broke. Hey, own it, run a business and have people work for you. You're gonna know. You're gonna understand broke. Hell yeah. You're, we're gonna really understand broke when you pay other people's bills. Hell yeah. You want you want to pay other people's bills? I'll show you broke. Hell yeah. You know, these people living, they got only their bills. Okay. Exactly. Let's fucking okay. What about four? You want four bills? Like exactly. She's really real. You know. And this is the thing. There's just different problems with different things. What type of problems do you want to have, you know? That's really what it is, right? comes down with, hey, those people made different decisions because they had, and they, from those decisions, had different opportunities. And by default, they have different problems. Exactly, yeah. And social media made everyone equal playing ground, bro. Like, doesn't matter what you do, where you are. You could fucking make a post. You could send a DM. Shit could change your life, man. Fucking... And Jeff Bezos didn't listen. You could say he got lucky, bro. You could say Steve. You're gonna say Steve Jobs got lucky. It's like you're gonna say these guys got lucky. Most people won't had no. You're you're sure luck. Luck could have been the idea of Amazon of a digital bookstore. Sure, you could chalk that up to luck. 
I won't. Yeah, not nah, because luck skill. is the execution of that idea. He got lucky that he had that thought in his mind. That's that's it. my thing too, dude. Ideas are like not like fucking ideas are shit, man. Fucking start an NFT, bro. You know, like not like that. Like ideas are shit. I'm saying your ideas are real, but they're worthless unless you do something with them. Exactly. Like I have a bunch of great ideas, but they're but they're just ideas. Like they're not worth anything. I think people think like their ideas are worth something. Turns out everybody's got them. Uh, exactly, bro. Gotta do shit. Gotta get on it. So, what's the current, man? What's the state of the album? Uh, bro, right now, I got like 20, 30 songs done. Shout out to John Eldridge, who's been mixing and mastering all my shit now. Um, I'm really just waiting on features, bro. Hopefully, I get Turk Royale on it. Shout out Turk Royale if you're listening, motherfucker. You might have to drop that name in a podcast just to get you him to better sh- get on this shit, yo. He'll get on it. You kidding me? Shout out to Samad Savage. I'm gonna have him on the album. I'm going to have my boy Decap Black on the album. Shout out Decap Black. Decap, I got you. you coming up here. We got a song together, too. Um, yeah. I'm trying to get my boy Tara Van Poo on the album. Um, my boy Vinny Idol, who produced the Bing Bong record. I'm trying to get him to produce one of the beats on because I'll be shooting all of his videos and shit like that. So, album coming soon. I was supposed to have it done April 29th, but then I realized April 29th is way too soon, but... I'm going to have new music to perform at that show. Because at the Mad Mind show, I was like, yo, all these songs are old, yo. And I can't keep coming back and playing the same fucking songs. Like, I got to hit them with new shit. So April 29th, all new music. I think you're... But your energy, though, I people like the other... It's like with any of them, man, you know? It's like with Body Bags with Ron Solemn or something, you know? It's just the fact that, like, you have a songs... You're like, those songs are good. That's why they work. I want to hear them because I love them because I'm the hype man. I was a hype man, so like I got all into it. But that's the thing too about your music for like artists and shit. Like, there's no social experiment on your music on the internet. Like, go play it in front of people because like my song could get zero plays on the internet, but then you play it in front of people and everyone is fucking going nuts. And then it's like, all right, that's a good song. Yeah, there's no. It's completely different. Hell yeah, completely different. That's how. That's why I ask all artists on this podcast: Do you plan out the live performance aspect of the song when you're making it? If I get writer's block, it's because I write every single song with the intent to perform it live. Yeah, you're the only one that has said that. I mean, bro, that's just how I think. Like the second I hear the beat, I'm like, can I perform this live? And sometimes it sucks because I want to write like I don't know, just sad shit or like whatever. Did you I'm always just... do that though? Performing was just like a thing in my career, bro. Like since since the beginning, bro. Like I just like made my first song and I just started fucking performing and I would just start like I had like these little tour flyers that I made when I was like eighteen, nineteen and I would go to like fucking Philadelphia, New Jersey, Connecticut, New York and I just realized the importance of performing and I realized that when I went to a live show like for example when I seen Machine Gun Kelly the first time or when I was 13 and I was going to like local shows I felt what the music was like doing to me and that's always what I wanted to do to the audience because that's a feeling you can't get on the internet anyone here could go to like any random artist like I could take someone to like a Bring Me the Horizon show and they're going to be like, yo, I don't want to listen to them. But then you go to their concert and you're going to leave like the biggest fan because like that energy is just like unmatched. So that's why I realized the importance of performing live. How, do you practice their performances? Hell no. The only time I, pra- the only time I practiced was when I did the Apollo 
and I was like, I need to win, so like I'm gonna like mic flip and shit. And I was like, if I do the mic flip, I'm gonna win, even though I still lost. But I, the only time I practiced was when I was practicing the mic flip, and I got it to a point where I would flip the mic and just do it with my eyes closed, literally a hundred times, just so I knew that when I went out there, like I wouldn't drop it. I've seen you flip the mic before. Yeah, I like hell that. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Well, the real practicing just happens on stage, right? Like you can't really, other than a mic flip, what can you really practice? Right? It's hard. I mean, what for you me, I practice every day for a month and then perform live, and I wasn't any better. So I think the practice comes from watching your live performances over ah, and over again. That's why I need to watch my shit. Yeah, exactly. So like, why are you standing there like that when like the hook is going? Like, you always gotta like. I practice it so much, like I almost got it down to a science. Do you so, like, want to grade mine? Do you want to grade my live performance? No, no, no. Can you give me feedback? Send it to a. You're better than um, me. Send it to a music it? reviewer guy. And <laughs> 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 pay him, pay him forty five dollars. <laughs> All right, bud. It's gonna be uh, one sixty eight to uh, do uh, the. Yeah, uh, send me send me one hundred fifty bucks and I'll review it. All right. I, yeah. So we. Uh, it's a four minute review. It's gonna be one seventy. Jeez. So these guys trying to make a, trying to make some bills off of anything, man. I mean, respect it, bro. That's respect. what I'm saying. Trying to make bills off of anything, just. I love the hustle. People people will pay... You know what I realized, too? Like, people will pay money for... Like, they won't invest in something for four grand, but, dude, they will throw four grand at the dumbest shit. Like, they don't... Some people, they don't want to make money with their money, dude. They just want their money to be, like, gone or in stuff or... That's fine. I don't know. I'm not criticizing it. I just think exactly, it's man. interesting. Bro, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast, bro, but, like... I would drive to Reading, Pennsylvania, which is like five hours from my house, and I I would pay like nine hundred dollars just to fucking pet, just to play, and like people, they fucking spend a thousand dollars on like a T-shirt, and like you want to talk like you deserve success more than me. It's like, bro, you gotta be in the trenches like that. Like you gotta like sacrifice and like go through those things like in order to succeed. If you're not gonna invest in your own career, like, bro. Like, this is your life. What do you mean you're not trying to invest? But you'll invest in, like, uh, like no disrespect to, like, Louis Vuitton or Gucci, but, like, these motherfuckers will buy that. It's not getting you nowhere in life, but you look cool on Instagram, but then you're complaining that you're a rapper that's going nowhere. Like, bro, take that money and invest in a music video, better recording, a logo, anything. There's no return on investment mindset, though, Devin. The yeah, mindset exactly. is not return on investment. The mindset is people need to think that I'm cool. That's that what I'm, exactly. a Gucci belt is. And that's like me saying you buying a brand new Corvette is is you have to think people are cool. I'm a car guy, so I could totally say that no, like not always. <laughs> Sometimes you just like the car, dude. You know, like what exactly. if you just like the Gucci belt better than the other belts and you just like that one? Then I'll come along and be like, nah, dude, you're just trying to look cool. But the difference is when you prioritize that bullshit for like your career, and then you yeah, just, and I then, wouldn't buy a Corvette when I'm like need to pay my employees. Yeah, like, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to the artists, man. I mean, shout out to the artists who get it and invest in themselves. But like, shout out to the artists. I need to wake the fuck up. And I, I know I sound like an arrogant asshole, but like, bro, just fucking do the right thing. Like, we have choices. If you have a hundred bucks, you could fucking buy a stock. You could buy NFT. You could buy diapers. You could buy milk. You could pay rent, or you could fucking just. Get drunk and buy some weed, and nothing nothing comes from that. So it's up to you. What book are you on? Any like book now that you're like fascinated? I just with? read a book called uh, 
The Richest Man in Babylon. Did yeah. you read that uh, book? I think it's Turk was reading that. I think yeah, I, I told Turk to read it. Yeah, yeah. freaking dude, you just read them and then Turk puts them up and he's like, I'm found this book. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out I to Turk. I love you, Turk. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was looking for like a really good book to read and my boy Gilbert was like, yo, this is one of the best books that I ever read and he wasn't lying, man. People have told me about it for years. So you think I should, should I get it? It's like The Alchemist. I don't know if you've ever read The Alchemist, but it's like a fictitious not. story with like real money principles. And Babylon obviously isn't a real place, but if you could picture Babylon, just picture the United States of America, where like everyone has the same opportunity to be wealthy, but everyone is fucking broke. And this guy just goes through the book and he's like, yo, I'm gonna teach all these people in Babylon like how to be rich. So like first thing you do, doesn't matter how much money you make, you save fucking 10% of your income. Because people were coming to him that made a million a year and people were coming to him that made 50,000 a year and all of them were broke. So he's like, it's not about how much money you make, it's about how much you save. That book changed the way I look at like making money and spending money and investing money. So yeah, everyone read that book. Are you on a more financial type of discovery now because of that? Or well, you were talking off camera that how you kind of were on this manifesting and then money started coming into your life more. Yeah, I mean, I just never cared about money. I never valued money. Like I know that sounds like whack, but like even when I started making music, like people make music just to make money, but that was like never my motive. I was like, whatever money I get, I'm just gonna like buy a music video or buy an ad or like buy a performance slot on a show. So it, that that book, like I should have read that early on in my life, but I never like valued money until now, until I'm like a father and I'm like, yo, like this money is like freedom and it's power and like I need it. But I was never someone at like an early age, like even when I worked, bro, like I didn't have shit to show for the money that I made. I would just have, like, experiences that it brought me. Probably changed a little bit when you had a kid, too, right? Oh, yeah. Money's a little bit, you know. You got to, like, now you have another per- human being. Oh, yeah. So, I always just, I'm speaking at it, about it from the outside. You know? Shout out my son, yeah, little Joe. Little Joe, what up? Little Joe, if you're listening, I love you, bro. A homie. The future generation. Pop, pops out here making it happen on the pod, making the I'm music. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm doing it. I mean, it's it's working. So far. Dude, you got you. So, how'd this show come together? Yeah, so let me tell you a story about the show, yo. So, like, shout out to Casey. I know I said this before, but, like, she has an AK-40 Devin tattoo. And, like, when she sent me that tattoo, like, it just changed my whole fucking life, man. If I played a show in fucking, like, Australia, she would fly out and fucking go. And that's another thing that, like, live experiences does. Like, if I never performed in front of her live, like, she probably would never have a connection with me. Like, because there's, like, a real emotional connection when you perform live. But she's throwing a show, and she was... I don't want to, like... Because I don't know exactly what she does, but, like... She's, like, a journalist for, like, her college. And she wrote, like, a newspaper article about me. I think it was, like, the beginning of this year or last year. But then her college, like, commissioned her to, like, do a show. And she put together, like, all of her favorite local bands and local acts. T-Cat Black is one of them. Oceans of Illusions, another band from New Jersey is one of them. And I was just her favorite. And she was like, yo, do you want a headline? Like, here's this bag. I never got a rap bag ever in my life. I'm not going to say how much because there's other people on the lineup that maybe, I don't know if you even got anything, but, like, I got a fucking bag to be a headline act after two years that I even, like, dropped music. So, like, music is timeless, man. Like, just drop something, release the shit. But, yeah, April 29th, I'm performing at Feet Music Hall in Providence, Rhode Island. My first ever headline show, and it's going to be lit. And, yeah, let's kill it. 
Dude, that's amazing. That's crazy, man. So oh, yeah. it was from it was because of a fan to somebody that saw you live. Hell yeah! Wow, crazy. Somebody has you tattooed on them. Hell yeah, bro. And you know, I can't quit music after that. No. Sometimes I don't want to do it, but I'm like, what? Like, what if I just quit? Then what? Then yeah. someone asked about the tattoo and be like, yeah, yeah, you know, just some guy to quit rapping. Like he didn't go nowhere, but. Let's not talk about but that. But I really liked him back then. I thought he was really good, you know? Exactly, bro. And it just goes back to the thing, like, when you see somebody live, like, it doesn't matter if they're a local act, like, Turk is the same person, bro. When I seen Turk, when I was, like, 18, I was at Turk's first show. He wasn't at my first show, but I was at his first show. But, like, just his energy and, like, his lyrics, I was like, yo, this dude is gonna be a fucking star, man. And then, combined with he's a dope guy. The best, dude. Like, if you didn't even know he rapped, you'd be like, fucking love this guy. The best, bro. But it, that's it, but that's the trifecta, man. Or however many that you want to include, however many factors you want to throw in there. But if you're a great artist and you have energy and you have good lyrics and you have good beats and you're a really cool person, it's like, man, you have like everything. Exactly. Like now bro. it's time. Now you got to just plug into the matrix. Exactly, bro. So, exactly. But it's hard out here for artists, man. It's a war against yourself, though. At the end of the day, right? Truth. Truth. Well, how do you look at that, man, when it's like, all right, do you know that you have to put out a certain amount? Like, do you have a certain, do you look, do you want to put out more music than you're putting out or? Hell yeah, because to succeed, like, you need to be consistent all the time. You got to be on TikToks and, like, I've told people that I work with this and it's like, bro, I don't know if I can make it as, like, uh, I mean, obviously I can, but I'm old school, bro. Like, the new school artist, the way to make it is, like, posting on TikTok two, three times a day. Do wedding, doing your own content, doing your own video for your own music videos and shit like that. But me, like, it's like, bro, I don't know. Like, I'm a fucking 26-year-old dad, dude. I don't want to sit around making TikToks all day. I'd rather just take that time, send emails, book shows, go live, and play in front of people. And then I got fans, bro. Like, there's no right or wrong way to go about it, right? Mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to shoot. Okay. I've always had my music videos shot for me. I've always done my own remixes. Any remix I did of a song, I shot it here. You know, the quality's improved. I'm getting better at cameras and stuff. But I want, I honestly, I want to shoot my yes, own. Yes. Not, I want to shoot my own <laughs> video so I can understand it more. You think bro, that's I'll a good idea? You, bro. Hell yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I pick your brain about that a little bit? Of course, bro. So what what was the first music video that you shot? Uh, the first music video that I shot, it was either Serious Black We Not Friends, and I think it's going to be that one, or it's the Incredible Merv Jealous. How long ago was that? This was... Shit, man. That's the first time I'm ever saying this, yo. So, like, low-key, like, I'm going to just break the secret right now, but, like, I kind of had, like, I don't want to say it's imposter syndrome, I've told people that I've been doing this longer than I've been doing it when I haven't been doing it that fucking long, yo. And sometimes it pisses people off who've been in, like, the world longer than me. And they're like, yo, he just started in 2020. But, like, fucking, man, the first music video that I ever made was in fucking 2020, bro. Two fucking years ago, yo. Because when you did our video, and this was them referring to, <laughs> I'm, I'm referring to Five Fingers. Yeah, yeah. By Psy and Sully Bop on Drop. And... That vi- that song is dope. That I video love that is song, dope. Bro. But you, yo, I kn- I knew the, I was okay. So this is what happened. Dev was like, yo, we got to do a group FaceTime. 
I'm like, ah, what's going on? You know, I don't want to do group FaceTimes. I don't know what's going on. And I loved it, man. You were trying to plan it out. Like, you were just working with us, like, together on it and, like, just hearing us out. We all, Maybe this sounds stupid that, like, yeah, dude, obviously you got to collaborate. But I don't know. I didn't. You didn't have to do that. You could have just showed up that day. Attention to detail, bro, is everything. Yeah, and then you had your homie with the drone there. It's just That was me with the drone. I had my homie. Or, no, yeah, he had the camera. Alex just assisting me. Yeah, um... But yeah, man, I, I really appreciated the professionalism. But what you did too with the album cover that you incorporated into the shot—that was—I felt like you spent some time on that too. Oh, that was that was all size idea though. That was size. That was idea. his idea, but you yeah, did the yeah. execution though. Yeah, yeah. Now that took a while. Yeah, bro. no, hard, I could, bro. I could tell, man. That was tough. Tough. So I, I, I knew you were because. I just didn't see any other videos. Like, I knew you were just starting to make videos because I had been following you. I didn't know you were a rapper. That's funny, yo. Yeah, I had no idea, dude. I thought you were a video guy because I knew you for videos. That's funny, yo. From yeah. side. That's how I really started getting connected with you because I didn't even know you before we shot that video with you. Kind of so, crazy. So, real quick, the real story is, like, shout out to this guy named G, Givadi. Amazing person, amazing soul, changed my life. I used to work at this restaurant called OIP, and um, the truth of the story is, bro, the fact of the matter is, like, I worked at that pizzeria for, like, seven, eight years, and I was kind of like the boy who cried wolf. Like, yo, I'm going to be great, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But I was able to convince this guy, Giovanni, oh, sorry, the smoke's getting in your eyes. I was able to convince this guy, Giovanni, to, like, believe in me. I don't know if you can convince somebody, but, like, he believed in me, bro. So we always drink at the end of the night. We're drinking, drinking, drinking. He's like, yo, let me give you some money, bro. I got fucking money. I don't know what the fuck to do with it. So I'd be like, bro, I'm not fucking taking your money. But one night, we were just drinking, bro. We all drunk as shit. He's like, yo, go to the bank, yo. Take the money, whatever you want to do with it. You could invest. You could fucking buy equipment. You could do whatever. And bro, I needed the money at the time. Like, I had a kid and shit like that. I was broke. So he just gave me 5,000 bucks. He's like, yo, whatever you want to do with it. Just figure it out. You could buy real estate. You could buy stocks. You could buy Bitcoin. You could whatever. So I thought about it for a minute, and I was like, yo, let me invest in myself and just buy. And this is in the end of 2019, right before I got fired for COVID. Um, he gave me this, and I just thought about it. I called up Veg. I'm like, yo, what camera are you shooting with? He said, yo, GH5. I'm like, yo, GH5 is a great camera. I'm going to get it. Bought that. Bought a lens. Bought a computer, a computer screen. All the money's gone. The beginning of the pandemic hit 2020 i lost my job all i had was this fucking camera i didn't even know how to use so then that goes into me sending messages trying to be a salesman for a business that i didn't even have so i'm messaging everyone just trying to get money and that's when will c brought me out and he's a legendary director who works with world star hip-hop directed videos for the locks davies vado papoose jim jones etc he literally started working with me all the time just because I had a drone. But, like, I didn't know shit what the fuck I was doing, bro. The first job I did was for Fresher. And um, I don't know if you know who Fresher is. He's a song with Eminem. Fresher and I forget the feature's name. But I was, like, flying my drone, bro. I didn't know nothing about shutter speed, nothing about ISO. And he's just looking at me like, yo, do you know what the fuck you're doing? But, like, he just kept me on board. And he taught me how to be a director, how to be a BTS guy. And... I know this is going a little off topic, but like I would just go there and like learn on the spot because I didn't have any college. I didn't have. I was watching YouTube videos to learn. I was learning from Veg too, but 
we would just do like these BTS jobs like for the locks or for like Jim Jones and I would just go home and edit the shit in like fucking six hours bro I would just go home edit the shit send it right to him and that's just how I got my foot in the industry and that happened right as I learned how to do video and that's like how I got business because people were like yo if you're working with Jadakiss you must know what you're doing so I'm gonna pay you for a music video and really, I was just this fucking BTS guy learning as I'm fucking going. That's crazy. <laughs> it's that fake until you make it, baby. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. You know God what it is? had a camera. What I heard, which I like more, fake it till you become it. Bro, exactly. And you got to have heart, man. But this is the thing. You, you sold, then delivered. Not knowing all the details about how you were going to go deliver. But then you went and delivered and did exactly. it. I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Because you made a commitment with yourself. Exactly, and you learn as you go, bro. I'd be filming shit, and like shit's like granny. My ISO's too high. I fucked up bad, bro. I remember I fucked up bad this one time. But we'll see, bro. We're filming Remy Ma and Papoose, bro. Like Remy Ma's like a queen, bro. Like you don't fuck this shit up, bro. Papoose is a legend too. Like, but uh, I was filming BTS, and it was like one of the greatest like video experiences I ever had. And I never went to college, so that was kind of like my college experience. But like just the way like we set it up is like a 1990s style video, and everyone's dressed up like the mafia and shit like that. Motherfuckers got machine guns. All the girls are dressed like fire. And I was just filming BTS, and like he just told me at one point, he's like, "Yo, like make sure you're filming." So I just used up all of my battery, or used up all of my SD. I think I used up all of my SD card. I had a 128 at the time. So we're not even halfway done through the job. So my boy who had a Sony, I was like, bro, can I please use your camera or whatever? Oh, and I put my SD card in his camera. And you can't put an SD card like into like different camera brands. So you can't put a Panasonic shit in a Sony without formatting it. So then I filmed for the rest of the fucking day and nothing recorded. But, like, that's how you learn, bro. Yeah. It's those experiences and shit like that. So, the pizza place you were working at. Yeah. The owner? Yeah, yeah. Gives you five grand. No, no, no. The worker. So he's, a, he's an immigrant. His name is Giovanni. He's one of the people with the biggest hearts in the world, man. He didn't need that. Hell no. So, he gives you... He says, hey, do what you want with it. Then you have an idea... To sh be a videographer. Yeah, yeah. Just an idea. All right, I'll buy a camera, see where it goes. I just felt like I could do it. I and was like, I think I could do it. Who are now some people in the last two years that you've worked with who are notable? People, companies, you know, I feel Shout like... Shout out to J-Mac. We just did the Post Malone proposal video. It's my first video to ever hit 100,000 views. It's going to hit a million views. Post Malone, we, we need you to fucking co-sign that shit. But uh, work with him. I've worked with... Um, Jadakiss, Sheik Lou, Styles P, Jim Jones, Vado, Papoose, um, Remy Ma. Uh, I've worked with Coach recently for the New York Fashion Week. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Is it, it. crazy I mean, to think about when you look at where you are, were in that pizza place about to receive that $5,000 and then what you've done now in the last two years? Nah, I never even reflected on it till now, honestly, bro. What, what does it feel like? Dude, it's... It, it's crazy, man. I mean, that changed my whole life forever, bro. Because then... Uh, I'm... I don't know if I should say this on a podcast. I don't fucking know. I'm just gonna say it. But, like, bro... I got fired for having fucking COVID, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like... 
he didn't want to close down. He didn't want no one to know. And, bro, I worked at the same place for eight years, bro. And that fucking... This is the guy that, like... And, bro, I love this guy, right? I forgive him. Like, we talked about this before, bro. I don't care what the fuck you did to me. I forgive everybody. I still go into his pizza place to this day. Um, he fired me for having COVID, bro. And that shit hurt me, bro. Because he was, like, a, a friend and, like, a mentor to me, almost. And, like, he would even... He would go out of his way all the time to take care of his employees. Like, he's paid for my son's daycare for a whole entire month, yo. And that shit is not fucking cheap. But, like, when he did that, bro, it just, like, stabbed me in the back and just hurt my heart so much that I was like, bro, I'm never getting a boss ever again because I don't want to leave myself open, like, for that vulnerability. And that's a lie because I did have jobs, like, that year, but only out of survival. But by 2021, I was like, I'm not having a fucking job no more. Did you feel any extra pressure? Like, dude, you literally have a kid and you're out here and you lose your job because he fired you because he had COVID. And I had a newborn baby. You had a newborn baby, but now you're going to become a videographer. Yeah, my baby mom is fucking furious. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? Get a job. I mean, bro, that's respectfully, that's like part of the reason that like we broke up because I was always like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to achieve this. And like, I remember like she was like in her room and I was like, yo, I'm about to go film Davies. So I got to go. And she's like, yo, shut the fuck up. She bought me tickets to see Davies because she knew he was one of my favorite rappers. And then like they kind of saw it, but they were just like, yo, like what the fuck? Like this kid is actually like doing shit. So the people that were in your life didn't realize that you, or think that you were going to... Well, I think anybody who adapts this lifestyle, it's hard for, like, any partner to understand. Because, like, I don't have, like, a Monday through Friday schedule. It could be any time, any day. Anybody could call me up. You know, I got this opportunity for you. And we make these opportunities ourselves. Like, I've never sat back and got an opportunity handed to me. I've sent millions of emails, millions of DMs and shit like that. But um, I forgot what the fuck I was saying, but... We, we work for these fucking opportunities, man. You go out and create the opportunity, yeah. No, but I just think it's so crazy that you, by any stretch of the, by any, anybody, most most people's standards would just be like, all right, man, I know I got to go get a, another regular job now because I got a kid and I, you know, I got fired because I had COVID and now like, man, I was working at a pizza shop. People don't make changes like that, dude. That's what I'm saying. At least I don't, it doesn't seem like they do. Yo, let me just give Machine Gun Kelly's flowers, bro, because that dude, like, single-handedly, like, changed my life, man. I got a lace-up tattoo, like, I have an amazing dad, but I never had, like, I never had, like, one who, I don't want to, like, talk shit or be negative, but, like, I, I have an amazing dad, but, like, he never was, like, hands-on with, like, any of this music or, like, anything like that, um... So, like, he was kind of that person for me, like, when I when I discovered him. And then I went to EST Fest, and he was just walking around his festival, smoking with everyone, drinking with everyone. I kind of looked at somebody for the first time. Like, you could be my friend and, like, achieve this, like, like having a whole festival, like, just about you. That was the first time that I looked at somebody, and I was like, yo, like, I could fucking do this. You came from Cleveland, bro. You got a kid. You were working at Chipotle, too. So... That's what fucking inspired me to, like, make a change in this world, man. Well, what inspires you to keep it going now? Now I look at my son and I look at people that's, like, going to go to school with him. And, like, they need, like, a positive role model in their life. Like, there's so much bullshit everywhere. And even in music, there's a lot of bullshit. But, like, I'm not blaming entertainers for that. Entertainers are doing their thing and they're making their money. But... 
everybody needs somebody like that. Like, if it wasn't for him, bro, who's to fucking even say that I would even pursue rapping or even be sitting in this chair right now, bro? Like, someone's music changed my whole fucking existence. And that's, like, a huge responsibility to carry on somebody's shoulders. And now you can do that for other people. And that's, and that's like, a full circle moment because I got his tattoo and now someone's hitting me up and they're like, yo, we got an AK-40 Devin tattoo and, like, that's one of many to come. That's a big responsibility, but that's what I want to do for my son. When I look at him, I'm like, yo, I want you to... So the thing is about my dad, right? I love my dad to fucking death. But, like, when I look at my son and I want him to look at me, I want him to be like, yo, like, this motherfucker, like, changed the fucking world, yo. God damn, yo. Like, my dad just had a job. And the thing is, I could see as an early adolescent, and I think a lot of kids can relate to this, they're whoever mom or dad gets home from their job and they just fucking hate it, right? Like, you could just tell. You just get that energy. And that's no disrespect to anybody because now that I'm a grown adult, I could see the responsibility and everything that goes into having a household and running it and managing it. But you feel that when people hate their fucking job, bro. It makes you lifeless. And that's kind of why I escaped to the music scene at, like, 13, 14. And I wanted to pursue this because I told myself, like, I never want to, like, feel like that. Your slave at that point. Yeah, they te- it they they don't teach you, or at least in my experience, that work can be f- fun or enjoyable. It's supposed to be work. Exactly, you're supposed to be miserable. But that would that would mean that work and life, or work and passion, or work and hobby are two different or th- all different things, which they're not. Exactly, work is life, and you bring that home. So in your case, that's what happened in my case as well you know you bring that energy home and that's the shift of like the youtube bro like that's what that's making and it's making everybody realize like yo like naval ravikant said it he's like the information age is gonna reverse the industrial age and when i tell that to someone like my dad he's like ah shut the fuck up they're gonna be working at the fucking factory forever it's like no they're gonna replace those with robots and they're gonna rely on entertainers and comedians and shit like that to entertain humans Half the human's going to be in the Oculus. The other half are going to be out in the world enjoying the shit. <laughs> so you're about this, you know, you're the Think and Grow Rich, the Bob Proctor, the Manifestation. But Bob. How, how far have ahead have you looked? Like, what are you seeing for yourself on the horizon? Are you, are you in that mindset or you're like, All right, I'm just going to let it come to me? I just have no limit on my thinking and my imagination, bro. Like, just because I'm thriving as a videographer and a director right now doesn't mean that by the time I'm 32, 33, 34, I'm selling Madison Square Garden. Mm. That's just where I'm at, bro. Like, I could be anything, bro. Like, Kanye West, bro, watch his documentary. This motherfucker now in 2000, what, 19, 20, like, he wanted to run as the president. And people could say, oh, blah, 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 like, talk all this shit or whatever. But it's like, yo, this motherfucker wanted to take on the responsibility of being the rep- the president respect that guy yo and does he know did he know exactly what he was getting into we don't know but. definitely not but who does <laughs> exactly yeah, really who does only the people that are there right and man what a position but yeah man i don't i don't once the thing again is too like sorry like i don't know like i don't know what's to come because videography found me so like i don't know like what down the the road is like gonna like find me and like I'm gonna like like and, and enjoy mm. it'd be anything it'd be podcasting dude who fucking knows well 
I think you should get. I mean, <laughs> you know, every artist that comes on this show tells me that they want to start one, right? Like, Hell yeah! Everybody wants to start one, but nobody wants to. I mean, it's hard. That's the thing. You know, it's hard. It's a lot of work hard, to do bro. this, and you have to really want it. Like I really want. Like, hey, you know, for people, for you listening right now, thank you because this is a lot of work to put this together. And I like every man. I have people. We have people every week that listen every week. That's crazy to me. Hell but yeah. I'm putting in all the work. I'm trying to make it as good as I can. And I'm every week I'm tweaking and adjusting and clips and video and, cl- and this and audio and compressors and, you know, trying to figure it out. But it's just crazy to me that somebody would trade that time. But you have to put it out there first. Like, I'm four years in almost in May. I'm four years in in May. Have I done four years worth of work? No, nah, I've probably done like two. But this is a... I don't expect results for 10. Like, yeah, that's fair. But I don't care about the about that. Like, I, I have little results that I'm going to set, you know? Um, little little goals that I'm going to set for this. I already have a goal for this podcast. 1,000 monthly listeners. We're not there yet. But we're going to be there. We're at 1,000 every three months, you know? So I want 1,000 a month. Cool. Why do I want that for people listening, thinking that might be an arbitrary number? Because... I believe in the concept of a thousand true fans. And I know that we have a tribe of a thousand. We can do whatever we want to do. We can exactly, we bro. can we can get a new studio. We can have as many guests as we want. We can have whoever we want. We could buy a new microphone. We can improve. We can try different things. We could start a different show. We can do anything we want, you know. So I have goals. But I think that a lot of people um, jump into things and just don't really realize like the gravity, dude. Video work, editing. I show up to the wedding, dude, and I talk on the microphone and I put the equipment back and I go home and I lay on my couch I don't have to edit like people don't yeah, there's man. always a backside to all this stuff right you know that you don't see but even this bro there's so much that goes behind the scenes that like you just saw us spending 30 minutes to put it's every time every time something happens a GoPro or whatever you know yeah bro and that's what comes with it bro and the people that succeed like they just really have the heart and the strength and like the dedication to like just persevere through all those tough times bro like i've had we've all had times where like we all could have quit like we all have like these moments where it's like maybe i shouldn't be doing this but like that's up for like that belief in you like you have to believe in yourself so much that it's like yo like that happened for a good reason i'm gonna keep going i don't know anything about your job that you had or the, the pizza place job but don't but you must be facing a lot harder challenges now right in what you're doing now or is it all relative yeah, well, bro, never having a steady income is always a challenge, right? Yeah. Like, and I was getting paid every day, and I was getting paid good fucking money. Like, I still, maybe in this business, I'm, like, catching up and making more now, but, like, bro, I was getting paid good. I was managing the whole pizzeria. I was going to Restaurant Depot, like, two to three times a week. I was getting tips, bro, and just from making, like, all that money every week to, like, then, like, just having zero, and, like, I'm relying on, like, Uber Eats and DoorDash, bro, like, that shit... That shit changes you, but I encourage it to a lot of my friends and I encourage it to the listeners because you like those opportunities got to come to you and those ideas got to come to you and they're not going to come to you if you're like complacent and comfortable at your job. Like you could always do more. Your boss nonetheless is like he's using you for his dream and there's nothing wrong with that because you sign up for that, but you have to understand that 
if you put in the amount of effort and energy that your boss did, you could have your own fucking empire, just like a pizza shop or a fucking smoke shop or a music thing. It's all about how much energy and effort you want to put into something. Like, you don't know about those things until you stop, right? And you're like, yo, like, now I got all this time. What could I do with it? A lot. So shout out to COVID, yo. Nobody's ever said that, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. We'll, we'll edit that out. The haters gonna be mad, but I started a business in COVID. But I had COVID though. That's the that's the that's the oh, fucked up thing. Oh, I see thing. what you're like, saying. Like yes. I actually had it. Shout out to you. And get, good like, thing you got COVID, dude. <laughs> Holy shit! I was like one of the first ones to have it. It was like February, or March. I was like done. I was like, yo, I'm gonna fucking die. There's a COVID shit. The news is saying it's the deadliest disease of the century. <laughs> What the fuck do I do now? I got a baby right here. I got COVID. What the fuck? But I lived. And you lived to tell the tale today, Devin. Bro, hell yeah, man. Hell fucking yeah. Thanks for coming. Let's get it. This is a wrap. Yeah, it's AK40 Devin. Yeah, follow me on all platforms. Instagram, YouTube. I don't use Twitter, but I post like once every six, seven, eight months. AK40 Devin official. You need music videos. You need... Anything video-wise for your business, for your brand, anything like that, live events, we got it all. Sound Sick Productions, hit me up. Songs, albums, live performances on the show Album notes. coming soon, yo. April 29th, we have Feet Music Hall. Maybe Sully Bout could be there and DJ. We haven't talked about that, but we're going to talk about it. We'll mention it. We'll give him the gas money. If you want to see Sully Bop DJ April 29th at Feet Music Hall, hit him up in the Instagram DMs right now. Bop on the drop, baby. DJ Sully B in the building. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Bopcast. Really appreciate you tuning in. And as you know, we are on all platforms, even the ones nobody uses. AK-40 Devin. Thank you, my man. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you, bro. You're the best. This guy's fucking great. He's doing a great job. All right, guys. I'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Let's get it, yo. Damn, Damn, boy. My ears are fucked up now. Hey guys, it's Sully. I've been running this podcast for three and a half years now. I've interviewed over 80 people on the show in person and virtually. Um, It does take a team to run this. We have four people working on this on a weekly basis. The only thing I ask of you is if you could please follow or subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. So whatever that is, Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, whatever that is, please do subscribe and follow on those platforms. What that does is it will automatically download the episode for you on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and the other platforms as well, it will notify you when the episodes come out. So we release every single Monday. So just so you know, 6 a.m. on Monday, every Monday, every week, no stopping, guaranteed. So if you could just follow us or subscribe on those platforms, that would mean the world to us so we can keep this podcast going, grow the audience so we can have better guests, better content for you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening and hearing me out here at the end of this episode. I will see you on the next one. All right, peace. Peace.